Sunday, but I was here in worship, and I began to um, feel in my spirit, like, it was like, here in the natural, the music was, was playing, like, slow and worship, slow worship, but my spirit was being, like, pulled in a whole nother direction of like, you know, like, <laughs> like a victory mode, you know, like when you're in, you're in the middle of a fight and you're in a victory mode, <laughs> you know, I thought it was so great this morning. Um, I, I have not talked to the worship team, but the worship team was on point with the songs they were singing and um, everything the Lord was pouring out in the spirit because we're all one spirit, Holy Spirit, and it all comes together, the worship, what's brought forth in the word, and I got so excited to hear all the songs they were singing. Um, it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. When you're in transition, it feels like you're in a fight for your life. <laughs> it literally does. There's such a wrestling that happens in transition because your mind wants to tell you to do something else than your spirit is telling that then your spirit is pulling you to do. And because we think we know it all sometimes, <laughs> we want to do sometimes more than our mind says to do, more than our spirit says to do. So we have to take we have to get rid of our thoughts and our mind to let our spirit take control of what God wants to do not what we want to do. <laughs> and I'm just being real. I've been in transition a lot of times, and, and man, I struggle with, with transition. I, you're talking about a person that always had their life the same for a long time until, like, I was 30-something years old in my life, and then, boom, God comes in with transition to move to another state where I didn't know nobody. So I don't, I don't speak of me not understanding. I speak from a place of understanding that transition is hard, and, um, and, and we fight the battle of transition because we choose to. That's just the truth, not because we have to. And so, um, <laughs> so I was just here um, on that Sunday, and I could feel in my spirit that the Lord is raising up the army of the Lord, the army of God right now. And in this house, we teach a lot about love. But I really feel right now, it's time to begin to, te to teach people to be the warriors of the Lord. And um, it's a whole different perspective. It's a whole different way of thinking. Um, it, it, it's, it's, it's very, very different. You can still have the love of God and still be a warrior at the same time. Because the things that you love, you'll want a warfare for. And you'll see it worth the sacrifice. Because whatever you love, if you, you, it, you love your family, right? So you're war, you will war for your family because you love them. Do you, do you see how that works? Us as a kingdom of God and the family of God, we will begin to learn how to be laid down lovers for one another in the kingdom of God to war for one another in times that somebody can't fight for themselves or they're being dragged down by the enemy and they can't stand on their own that we would be laid down lovers for one another and fight with each other side by side to help one another overcome certain things. And so um, the Lord has just been talking about raising up uh, lovers of God, but warriors for his kingdom. And you have the king and the priest of the kingdom. That's what it says in the word of God in 1 Peter 2.9. It says, but you are a chosen generation a royal priesthood, a holy nation, 
his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So we are royalty. We're chosen by God, and we're special people, and our job is to proclaim the praises of him because he calls us out of darkness into his light. We should not be in darkness anymore. We should be in the fullness of light right now. Doesn't mean that darkness doesn't try to come sit on you. It usually comes in your weakest times. The, the darkness will come try to sit on you when you're tired and you're weary and you're weak. He doesn't come when you're having a great day and everything's going fabulous. He comes when you're, when you're battling things, when you're in the middle of stuff. And you have to learn to discern when it's darkness and what's light. That's not the, that's not the Lord. And you gotta, you got to learn how to become um, a warrior of the Lord that you don't have to agree with it. Many times we're convinced. I always tell everybody, the enemy doesn't come like, <laughs> he doesn't come dressed up looking dark. <laughs> he doesn't come in with a cloak and, you know, I mean, I know there's sometimes you see the demonic and it's dressed that way and it's very obvious, right? But most of the time he comes in slick, like a snake. And, and, and he comes in looking real good and sounding real good and he comes in um, sounding and looking like God. That, that, that's what he tried to do from the very beginning. That's why he was kicked out of heaven. But we think, oh, it doesn't look dark. It looks a lot like God, so it must be God. And we get deceived. And the Lord is trying to raise us up not to be deceived anymore. That we would begin to, oh, no, that's not the Lord. It looks like the Lord, but it's not the Lord. Because your discernment, your Holy Spirit inside of you tells you something different. Your mind and what you see with your eyes, it may look like the Lord. But something inside of your belly, in your spirit God's given you of discernment, will tell you to identify that's not of God. You can walk into a place and begin to discern if there's something not of the Lord there or not. If you can't, then you need to ask the Lord for it. God, increase my discernment. Increase my sensitivity between the dark and the light, that I would know what's dark and what's light. Because if, you, if you're having problems and it's causing confusion upon you and you don't know the difference, then the Holy Spirit will come help you with that. That's not even part of my message, but for whatever reason, the Lord wanted me to share that. But I went this morning, and I was like, you know, as a child, as a child in my house, the Lord gave me, like, the perfect parents. And let me tell you why. Not that they were perfect, but it was something that I was going to need for later in my life. And when I was growing up, in my house, we had Indians everywhere in my house. Like, my dad had statues of Indians from here to there, all in our living room. Um, everything was, I'm an Indian. <laughs> dad, you're going to get sick. Nope, Indians don't get sick. I'm not going to get sick. I mean, that was what he, his response to me all the time was, we're Indians. My dad had Indian chief rings that he wore in his hands. Um, we, he was, that's just the way, that was what was taught to him, that he was an Indian. And that warrior mentality, that overcomer, he didn't even know the Lord when he was talk, teaching me these things when I was growing up. 
But this is what was instilled in him. No, we don't surrender. We don't give up. You know, we keep on plowing and moving forward. But his perception of it was, well, we're Indians, and Indians don't get sick, and Indians don't aren't defeated. We have victory. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So the Lord was preparing me to be that warrior mindset even as a child that I didn't know about it till later in life. Then I'm like, it all makes sense now. Then a prophet comes, gives my husband a word, hasn't even met me, and says, your wife is going to go back and take back generations of the, 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 the Apache tribe that I'm a part of, that I would go back and take back things the enemy stole from us. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Everything you've experienced in your life from as a child to now was to equip you, to train you, to get you ready to be in the army of God. The struggles, the, the heartache, all that stuff was to train you that you wouldn't be a people that is of defeat or of weakness. And I know it's hard for you to understand that now, but I'm going to tell you, let me, let, let's start with this. I was, I was looking up, what does, what does the army look like? What, what does the army look like in the natural? The United States Army, okay? What are they taught? So I went to go look up, and it's like they do basic combat training for 10 weeks. They do two additional phases of training known as advanced ind individual training where you learn advanced job skills. Okay, this is the process when somebody gets in the army for the United States, this is their process. It's no difference for the Lord. You come into the army of God, to the army of the Lord. We have an apostolic hub here that trains you. We are training you to be more king to the prophetic. We are training you to become warriors of the Lord, not to be defeated. This is part of the training that we have. We usually have it on Thursday nights. But we are training the body of Christ to begin to have a different perspective of what you're, the way you're supposed to think. So they learn tactics how to become a soldier. They learn about teamwork and discipline. We need discipline in our lives. We can't just go around and think we own our own bodies and our own, our own things. We don't. They belong to the Lord. If you have chosen to be saved and give your life to the Lord, at that point the Lord comes in and now he is to lead you into everything that you do in your life. Through Holy Spirit. We don't have the right to just do whatever we want to do anymore. I know. It's difficult sometimes. That's the sacrifice. That's the surrendering, right? <laughs> they get taught in the army, including proper attire and grooming, weapon handling, marching along with seven core army values and soldier creed. So I went to go look. What is this soldier's creed, right? What is that about? I have a brother who's a military. And let me tell you, my brother, when he was around me, was a very serious man. I tried to joke with him one time and hit his hat. And he did not like that. He saw it as disrespectful, dishonoring. And I'm being a sister to him, trying to play around with him. And he's like, no, you don't do that. And I had to, like, say I was sorry. because I was like, I'm so sorry. But, see, these are things that molded him in the military that you never dishonor one another. 
And so I had to pull myself back for a moment. I was like, oh, that's the military in him. That's not even an attack on me being his sister. That's the way he was taught. My brother was in the military since he was 16 years old. So when you go in young like that, you're molded in your thoughts and your process of thinking becomes that. So, so it, I went and I looked up what it was. I call it Soldier's Creed, Kingdom Creed, right? <laughs> because it's no different. And you'll see what I'm talking about. I am, this is what they say, I am an American soldier. I am a kingdom soldier. You are a kingdom soldier for the kingdom of God. I am a warrior and a member of a team. You are a warrior and a member of a team. <laughs> this is not a me thing. This is a team thing. It takes all of us together to do something. It's not about one person. When you, become, when you make it about one person, you are putting yourself in a very dangerous place. Because the enemy will target you and come and attack you when it's just about you. When you're dealing with a whole army, the enemy has to rethink things. <laughs> he's not just dealing with you. He's dealing with a lot of us. <laughs> and I'd rather it be that way than I be a target. <clears throat> Then they say, I serve the people of the United States. I put in there, I serve the people of the kingdom of God. <laughs> I live, the, they say army values, I say kingdom values. <laughs> and 1 Peter 4.10, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God, varied grace. Acts 20, 35, and everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak. Remembering the words the Lord Jesus himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. This is I serve the people. You are meant to serve the people of the kingdom of God. I mean, when I first came and I got saved and I was a part of our church back home, let me tell you, I serve, serve, serve. I will still serve. People will walk in this building, and they want to give me a cup of coffee, and sometimes I'll go serve them a cup of coffee because that's how the Lord had me. You serve one another. It, it brings um, honor to one another. It brings such love between one another when you serve one another. It changes everything. I will always place the mission first is what they say. I will, and I change it to, I will always place the kingdom assignment first and what's best for the kingdom. That's a very hard thing for somebody to begin to understand. And let me tell you why. Because sometimes in the choices you have to make in the kingdom of God, they're not going to be comfortable sometimes. They're not going to always be walking in the flowers sometimes. <laughs> I'm just being transparent. Some of the things you have to make decisions on are going to be difficult and hard, and it's going to be hard to begin to focus on the assignment the Lord has given you greater than anything else. Leaving your family, moving to another state, going through changes of transition, letting go of self-desires to take on the kingdom assignment. It's not easy. I promise you, if you go to any soldier of the military, it's not easy for them to leave their families. 
It's not easy for them to be gone for long periods of time. And I remember when my brother was in the military, he would leave and he would tell my mom before he would leave, I'm going overseas, mom, and you're not going to hear from me for the next six months. And my mom would be like so stressed out and worried about my brother because she couldn't get even a phone call from him. He was overseas. He went on, he was, and he would tell my mom, I'm on a special assignment, mom. I cannot call you. And see, when you, when you choose the assignment of the kingdom, it's a very powerful thing, but at the same time, it comes with sacrifice. And not everybody's re- ready to sacrifice time and sacrifice things that they, the God's asking them to do. Then they say, I will never accept defeat. I will never accept defeat. We have to say that to ourselves as people of the kingdom of God. I will never accept defeat. And the next line they say is, I will never quit. Then the next thing right after that, I will never leave a fallen comrade. Let me tell you, that right there will break people's religious mindsets right there. I will never leave a fallen comrade. If you think of people that have failed and made mistakes in the kingdom of God, the first thing they do is flee from you because they don't want their name to be tainted or anything bad to happen with the name of their ministry when people make mistakes. And let me tell you, that's not how the kingdom of God works. I will never leave a fallen comrade. Just because they have made mistakes doesn't mean that it's time for you to flee the scene and act like you didn't know them, act like you've never been a part of them. Look, I'm speaking not only to this house, I'm speaking nationally to ministers that have made mistakes and people have pulled away from them because they don't, they're scared of what people are going to say or think of them. Well, you know what? I serve the kingdom of God, which is much greater, much powerful than anything anybody can think or say about me. And when you have that engraved inside your spirit, then you will choose people that matter and mean something to God more greater than what people think about you. First Thessalonians 5.11, 9 through 11. God didn't set us up for a... For an angry rejection, but for salvation by our master, Jesus Christ. He died for us a death that triggered life. Whether we're awake with the living or asleep with the dead, we are alive with him. So speak encouraging words to one another. Build up hope so you'll be all together in this. And no one's left out. No one left behind. I know you're already doing this. Just keep doing it. Nobody's left behind. That's a huge thing in my family. I don't care what kind of mistakes we've made. Mistakes are going to be made, especially in ministry. But nobody's going to be left behind. Nobody's going to be tossed out because of mistakes we make. That's, that's a religious mindset. But we serve the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God is not. I've had people call me because they've made bad choices. And they don't want to pick up the phone and call me because they're worried about what I think about them. I'm like, are you serious? Pick up the phone and call me. That's not how I function or think. I think kingdom, and kingdom will help somebody rise back up, not push them down. It says it in the scripture right there. Build one another up. Not push one another down. Build one another up. I'm not going to come when you're down on the ground and come kick you around. That's not the kingdom of God. 
Some people function like that, and it's sad to say, but we, that's not how we believe in this house. The next thing they say is, I'm disciplined physically, mentally, tough, trained, and proficient in my warrior skills and drills. I love that. Guess what? What do drills mean? You're putting into application what you've learned. We've got to begin to put to application and apply what we're learning on Thursday night in those classes, in prophetic class, in the dream interpretation classes, in whatever classes we have here, you've got to begin to do drills and apply that. Have you ever seen them do drills? Like I've seen videos where they're doing drills and like some of the drills they go through, they're not perfect. Some of them they have to stop because they, 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 don't, they fall or something happens and they have to go back to the beginning and start all over again. Have you ever seen that? It's okay if it's not perfect. God's not looking for, for, for perfection. He wants you as a warrior to begin to come and do your drills and begin to apply what he has trained and taught you. Hebrews 12:11. For the moment all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but, ra- but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. What comes out of it? The fruit of the Lord. When you begin to apply what the Lord has taught you with Holy Spirit in the courses you're taking here and the training you've been receiving here and you begin to apply, there's going to be fruit you're going to see from it. It's going to be beautiful fruit. Another thing they say is, I, will, I always maintain my arms, my equipment, and myself. Psalms 144.1 of David, blessed be the Lord, my rock, who trains my hands for war. And my fingers for battle. Psalms 1834, he trains my hands for war so that my arms can bend a bow of bronze. I love that. We were created to be warriors of the Lord. It's in us. (laughs) It's not something we have to earn or, or gird ourselves up to. It's something that's in you already that you may have not known that it was there, but it's there already. You just have to begin to pull from it. The next thing they say is, I'm an expert and I'm a professional. Proverbs 23, 7. For as he thinks in his heart, so he will be, right? You've got to tell yourself, like David did. You've got to wake up in the morning. You've got to tell yourself who you are in the Lord. I'm a warrior. I'm not defeated. I will have victory. You've got to tell yourself these things throughout the day. I was sharing with somebody some, uh, something the other day, you know, because I got to go upstairs where I live. I got to climb stairs, and my knees sometimes do not agree with me. But my spirit cannot agree with my flesh. Do you understand what I'm saying? My spirit cannot agree with my flesh. My flesh is telling me, you can't go up the stairs. Your knees are hurting you. But my spirit is saying, uh, no. And I tell myself, you're Samson. You've got power. You're going to push yourself up the stairs. You're going to make it. You can go more and more stairs. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? How we think is how we will be. If you think you're defeated or you're going to let sickness take over you, guess what? It will. You have to change the process of your mindset. Then they, then they say this. I stand ready 
to deploy, engage, and destroy the enemies of the United States of America in close combat, right? I change that to the kingdom of God. You've got to be ready to deploy. This is transition. You got to be ready to engage and destroy the enemy, right? The enemy's the devil. Second <laughs> Timothy 4:2 says, preach the word, be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. See, this is all in the word of the Lord. We just don't apply it on our everyday life. We've got to begin to see ourselves in this fashion. In and out of season, we are to be ready. Why well, wasn't ready for this transition, God? In and out of season. Why well, wasn't ready to uh, uh, go out and minister on the streets? Well, in and out of season. None of us are really ready, <laughs> just being transparent for a moment. None of us have it all perfected. But, hey, you got to be a risk taker and you got to begin to step out and, and begin to do things by faith and let the Lord come do it with you. Then the next thing they say is, I'm a guardian of freedom and the American way of life. I put the kingdom way of life. Galatians 5.1, for freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. We don't have to be slaves anymore. Well, I know that. I'm a king. No, sometimes you act like you're a slave still. Because when you agree with the enemy and what he speaks over you, you are still the slave. You're doing what the enemy wants you to do and the agreement of the things he's telling you to do. You're still the slave. I always picture, like, the chain around your neck and the enemy pulling you to do things you shouldn't be doing. And it's like, do you want to be a slave? Because he sets you free. If you feel overwhelmed in heaviness, that's not the Lord. You're not a slave anymore. You got to put your garments on. You got to put the garments of praises on yourself. You got to begin to change your process of thinking. The next thing, I'm an American soldier. Do you understand that this whole thing is a decree? They speak this to themselves. They live by this every day. I am a kingdom soldier. That's what we should say. 2 Corinthians 5.20, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us, we, improve, we implore you on Christ's behalf to be reconciled to God. We are ambassadors of the Lord. Nothing has changed. I was going and I was sitting there in worship earlier. And I was getting some other things that I was not prepared for. <laughs> But I just want to be obedient to share it, that <clears throat> God has, if, if there's warfare in things, and you're presented with warfare, and things, certain things for you have become hard and difficult. When you're with the Lord, he has created us to have victory in that thing. The warfare that you're going through right now, and the difficulty that you're experiencing it's part of the training and the equipping for you. That when you have chosen to agree with heaven and you've overcome that thing, it makes you, it gives you something else of a tool underneath your belt to help others. 
You were created to be victorious. You were never created to be defeated. So knowing that you were created to be a warrior and overcome things and process things, it doesn't mean you're not going to feel the uncomfortableness or the, the, the heaviness of the warfare. It just means you have to speak victory into that thing and not agree with it. Your process and your mindset has to change. And 2 Chronicles 20, this is what the Lord was showing me this morning uh, during worship. We can turn there. Talks about Moab and Ammon are defeated. This is a, a, a victory story here of the Lord, okay? <laughs> Sometime later, the armies of Moab and Ammon, together with the men and with the Meunites, went to war against Jehoshaphat. Messengers told Jehoshaphat, a large army from Edom, east of the Dead Sea, has invaded our country, and they have already reached in, in, in Judea. So they're getting word. The war has started. The enemy is coming very close to them, right? We know all this. Jehoshaphat was afraid. Doesn't mean that fear doesn't try to come on you. Jehoshaphat was afraid, it says right there. So then he asked the Lord what to do. So the first thing that will hit you when you're in trouble is fear. But you're not to bow down to fear. We weren't created to bow down to fear. So then Jehoshaphat goes to the Lord and asks, what do I do? He then told the people of Judea to go without eating to show their sorrow, and they immediately left for Jerusalem to ask for the Lord's help. After everyone from Judah and Jerusalem had come together at the Lord's temple, Jehoshaphat stood in front of the new courtyard and prayed. That's such a good tool right there. If the fear has hit you, have you prayed? Have you gone to the Lord with what's bringing you fear? Because that's what Jehoshaphat had to do here. And it says, you, the Lord, are the God of our ancestors worshipped, and from heaven you rule every nation in the world. You are so powerful that no one can defeat you. This is the God we serve. He's not defeated. He can't be defeated. Jehoshaphat here is agreeing with heaven at this moment, and he's decreeing into the atmosphere who he serves. He says, our God, you forced out the nations who lived in this land before your people, Israel, came here. And you gave it to the descendants of your friend, Abraham, forever. Let's underline, let's underline forever, right? right? To even a now time. Forever. Our ancestors lived in this land and built a temple to honor you. They believed that whenever this land is struck by war or disease, does this sound familiar? Struck by war or disease or famine, your people can pray to you at the temple. And you will hear their prayer and save them. He's going to hear our prayer and save us. He hasn't left us. We don't serve this weak God. You can see that the armies of Ammon and Moab and Edom are attacking us. 
They are the nations you would not let, us, let our ancestors invade on their way to Egypt. So these nations were not destroyed. Let me backtrack a little bit. When the people came out of Egypt, right, the Lord took them another route. He didn't want them to go the route where they were at. Because the reason why he didn't allow them, because he didn't want fear to come upon the people and for them to go back to Egypt. Okay, that's, that's, what, that's what, what, in the Moses, what Moses was sharing about that. So now they're coming, and now they're having to deal with something they didn't deal with back then. So now this is why the people are coming to try to attack them. They're coming to take back the land you gave us. Aren't you going to punish them? We won't stand a chance when this army attacks. We, won't, we don't know what to do, and we're begging for your help. This is Jehoshaphat talking from a fleshly stance, right? Because he's getting fearful. While every man and woman and child of Judea was standing there at the temple, the Lord's spirit suddenly spoke to Jehazel, a Levite from the Asav clan. Then Jehazel said, Your majesty and everyone from Judea and Jerusalem, the Lord says that you don't need to be afraid or let this powerful army discourage you. This is the prophets coming and talking. But the prophets that are coming and talking in this moment were talking from a victorious stance. They were not talking from a stance of darkness. They were talking from a stance of the heavenlies, of what God was saying upon their nation at this moment. They weren't talking from a place of defeat because they understood who their God was and how powerful he is. That will preach right now. Not all prophets are preaching that way right now. God let them see. Lord says you don't have to be afraid or let this powerful army discourage you. God will fight on your side. So here's what you must do. Tomorrow the enemy's armies will march through the desert and around the town of Jerusalem. March down and meet them at the town of Zez as they come up the valley. You won't even need to fight. You won't even need to fight. Just take your positions and watch the Lord rescue you from your enemy. That is a huge thing we preach in this house. Position yourselves. Position yourselves. Well, I don't have nothing of the Lord. Position yourselves. Position yourselves so the Lord can give you what you need and you're here for to receive. You won't even have to fight. But all of us want to fight, right? <laughs> Don't be afraid. Just do as you're told. Obedience, right? <laughs> and as you march out tomorrow, the Lord will be there with you. Jehoshaphat bowed low to the ground, and everyone worshiped the Lord. This is the beautiful part. Didn't mean that they didn't have fear. Didn't mean that they weren't feeling things in the natural. They felt everything. But they chose to get on their face and worship the Lord. That's powerful. Many of us wouldn't do that. Many of us in our mind would try to figure out a solution of how we could get, the, get this ready, do this, do that, and be running around like little ants everywhere. But they chose to get on their face and worship. 
Then some Leviites from the Kahath and Korah clan stood up and shouted, Praises to the Lord, God of Israel. Early the next morning, as everyone got ready to leave for the desert near Tekoya, Jehoshaphat stood up and said, Listen, my friends, if we trust the Lord God and believe what these prophets have told us, the Lord will help us and we will be successful. Then he explained his plan and appointed men to march in front of the army and praise the Lord for his holy power by singing, praise the Lord. They began to sing. They began to worship. When war is coming, it makes no sense in the natural. But they're following Holy Spirit. They're listening to the Spirit of God. It's not going to make sense in the natural, but in the spirit, it makes perfect sense. As soon as they began singing, the Lord confused the enemy's army, the enemy's camp, so that that Ammonite and Moab tribes attacked and completely destroyed those from Edom. Then they turned against each other and fought until the entire camp was wiped out. They didn't even have to war. The entire camp, the enemy's camp, they went and they killed part of the enemy. Then they came back, got mad with each other, (laughs) and killed one another. And they had victory. So Jehoshaphat and his troops went into the camp to carry away everything of value. And they found a large herd of livestock, a lot of equipment, clothes, and other valuable things. And it took them three days to carry it all away. And there was still some left over. Then on the fourth day, everyone came together in the Baraka Valley and sang praises to the Lord. That's why that place was called Praise Valley. Isn't that so powerful? This is where we're at right now. The war was coming. There was diseases. There was all this stuff going on. And here he comes. And didn't mean he didn't feel fear. Didn't mean he didn't feel the natural things that sometimes we feel fear. But he came to worship and put his face to the floor to worship the Lord. This is where the Lord wants us right now. That we're not going to listen to the crazy media. We're not going to listen to the things that we're seeing and hearing of destruction and disease and all this stuff going on, but that we're going to come and position ourselves before the Lord, and we're going to say, God, what are you saying about this situation? What do you say about our nation? What, what do you say about our army? What do you say about us as believers? What are you speaking right now? And not from a stance of the darkness of being defeated, but from a stance of having victory and knowing that God can come in, take out the enemy's army so quickly that they would turn against each other. Now, let me go a little deeper here. See, believers are going against each other right now. That doesn't look like the Lord. That doesn't look like the kingdom of God. When you're out to get one another and you both believe in the Lord, you believe in love of the Father, you believe in all these things. I know about the love of God, I know, but you're not acting like it. 
Because if you were acting at, like it, you wouldn't talk bad things about one another. You wouldn't come and try to cut each other down. But you would know that you serve a God of the kingdom of God, that you don't, we don't have to fight our own battles. We take it to God. Even when we're in discord with one another, we take it to God and we let God come tell us what to do and say. And he filters our mouth because our mouth is a strong, our tongue is the strongest muscle in our body. That what we speak has power, that we no longer agree with the enemy in darkness, but we look more like the light and love and we move in power. Not power against one another, but power for the kingdom of God to have victory. That's what we were created to be, was victorious. What I was going to minister wasn't even that. And the Lord gave it to me when I was in worship this morning. I was going to talk about Nehemiah. That's another story. I don't think I probably have enough time to get into Nehemiah. But Nehemiah was supposed to go bring restoration and build up the wall again. And here comes the enemy trying to bring fear on him. And he tells him like three, four times, something like that. You go read in Nehemiah 4 and 6 because that's what I was going to originally share. And then the Lord shifted things. And I'm okay with that. But Nehemiah went through that. The whispers of the people. To distract him. To get him from to stop building the wall that the Lord had assigned him to do. God told him to do it, and he was that was his assignment. We cannot get off of our assignments right now. Distractions are going to come. People's voices are going to come. Lies are going to come. Accusations are going to come. All these things are going to come to try to take you off your assignment of where you're supposed to be and what you're supposed to do. Sickness may even come to try to attack you, but you're not to get off the wall. You're supposed to stand there, speak over yourself, and say, I will not be sick. I'm a soldier of the Lord. I will not be defeated. We will have victory in this thing. I will not be sick anymore. God's going to come heal me. And you begin to rise up as a soldier of the army of God that all of us together, believing the same thing, begins to be a very powerful thing that begins to bring a movement of God. This generation is waiting on the movement of God, and we've agreed too much with the devil. We're no longer slaves unto the devil anymore, but we keep doing what he wants us to do. I want you to be against your brother. I want you to be against your sister. I want you to be against whoever he's telling you to be against. Well, you just agreed with the devil, and you became a slave. I'm just speaking truth right now because I want to set some people free. He says we're free. When you cannot, you know, the other day, I'm just going to give you a good example of this. The other day I saw something offensive and, and hurtful to me. And I remember going home that night and I, and I went before the Lord. And I said, you know, I can't help my emotions and my feelings. That hurt me and it was offensive to, to me. But you know what, God, I want to hear what you have to say. And the whisper of the Lord, not the whisper of the devil, the whisper of the Lord came to my right ear. And the Holy Spirit said, just forgive him. And I took heed to that. Because when he said, just forgive him, I said, okay, God, I forgive him. The breakthrough came for me through that. And I no longer had to carry what other people 
have chosen to carry and I had breakthrough where it would not be a continuous thing of torment in my the whisper of the enemy in my ear all day, all night for some other choices that other people have made that are not honoring. And I didn't have to carry that. And the Lord says, just forgive them. And then he took me to the cross. And look, <laughs> me and my husband were talking about this the other day because I was sharing with him with the break that the Lord had given me. And, and this is not even scriptural, so I'll put like the, the thing out there. <laughs> but this is how the Holy Spirit showed it to me, okay? When the Lord had just been beaten and he was on the cross, they tormented the Lord in his physical body. They whipped him. To, there was nothing left of him. And even as beaten as he was because people came against him, he still cried out to his father. And he still said, Father, forgive him because they do not know what they do. You've been tormented at night when you're trying to go to sleep. The enemy plays these things like a movie over and over and over again in your mind of dark things, of things that are not uplifting or encouraging to you, forgive them. For they don't know what they do. Let it go and forgive people of things they've done to you. And the torment will stop. And you'll have breakthrough. And then you can be so free with the Lord that you can see the next things he has for you. And you're not going to be up all night with a burden that was never yours to have to begin with. I'm speaking so you can be free today. We're all human. We all go through emotions. We all go through battles and warfare. None of us are different from one or the other. When the enemies come in the natural, there was no status quo. Everybody got attacked. I don't care how rich or how poor you are. The enemy took everybody out. That's the way the enemy in the spirit works. He doesn't care who we are in the natural. But we have to understand who we are in, the, in God, in, in the Lord. Let's just stand this morning. There's so many more greater things that God has for us that we don't have time for the enemy anymore. We don't need to be used by him anymore against one another. We don't need to agree with him anymore. We don't need to come and, and, and try to figure it out in our minds. We just begin to be led by Holy Spirit. And I want you to remember this verse, Joe 3.10. It talks about, Beat your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears and let the weak say, I am strong. You are people that was always called to have victory and to be strong. You are not weak people. You will not bow down to the fear the enemy has tried to put upon you. Because the fear will stop you from building the house of God. If you have fear in your finances, guess what? You're not going to sow because you're fearful and you're going to hold it to yourself. Guess what? If you're in fear of failure, you're never going to step out and be a risk taker to step out into your calling because you're going to be so afraid that you're going to fail somebody. There are no failures in the kingdom of God. He's just waiting for the willing vessel. 
fear has to stop has to stop already in your life so you can begin to step into the fullness he has for you through the leading of the Holy Spirit it's going to take all of us together for the army of God and we can no longer be led out of fear the enemy is a liar and he's here to seek kill and destroy us but greater is God, greater is the God Almighty who will come and, and, and go to the enemy's camp and dismay them where they begin to kill one another and we have victory and we don't even have to war and we don't have to fight. He'll come in and, and do it all. We just come to worship the Lord and get on our faces again and know that he's in charge of our destiny and our purposes. And we worship the Lord. We lay it at his feet. Look, I'm telling you this morning, if you have been fearful of things, if your decisions have been made out of fear, let the Lord pull it off of you this morning. You don't have time to be fearful anymore. The enemy's supposed to be afraid of us, not us of him. Because who our papa is, who the Lord is in our lives, that you have every right to tell every demon in hell to leave. Jesus walked the earth and the, de the demons, they shook and they trembled and they ran from him because they knew who he was called to be. The devil doesn't want you to know who you're called to be. Because he knows that once you know who you're called to be, that he is going to tremble and he's going to shake and he's going to run from you. Because you finally realize and your eyes are open. God, we come this morning, Lord, that our eyes would be open, Lord. That our ears would be open, Lord. That we begin to see things from your perspective, God. God, I pray that those that have fear this morning, you would come in and lift fear off of them this morning, God. Lift the fear and replace it with faith, God. You know, the prophets of old, they were measured by their faith. That's what the word of God says, right? So we ask God this morning to increase our faith. So how we prophesy becomes of the measure of our faith, right? If we have great, great faith, then that's how we're going to prophesy. If we know who our God is, that's how we're going to prophesy. We're not going to prophesy from a defeated state. We're going to prophesy from a victorious state of the Lord coming in, giving us victory. <laughs> so I know that, you know, in Nehemiah, when they were building the wall, of restoration and the enemy kept telling them lies and trying to discourage them trying to come and, and, and distract them they kept the sword at their hip all times we're in a season of keeping the sword at our hips right now <laughs> the sword means the truth of the Lord we don't put our swords down just because we want to put them down. We put them at our hips and we continue to build and plow and move forward with the spirit of truth by the sword of the truth of the Lord at our hips. They never once left the wall. 
They didn't even go. The only time they went was to get water, I believe. Other than that, they didn't even go change their clothes. They didn't change their clothes. They had a certain time limit that they had to build the wall because they knew the enemy was going to try to come and do something. It was strategy of God. The Lord is giving a strategy right now. You have a moment of time to do things, and you just step in as risk takers to do those things out of faith. I'm speaking to you prophetically. Nehemiah knew he could not get off the wall because the enemy was taunting him and come and provoking him. You may be being provoked right now, even in, in the flesh with people, but you don't respond. You stay on your wall and you continue to build and you continue to do the things of the Lord of your assignment and you don't get off of it. That can wait for another day. We don't have time. I think, what was it, Heather up here this morning singing about it? <laughs> I don't even remember what she was saying. She was talking about the devil, <laughs> about not having time for the devil, right? <laughs> we don't have time for the devil right now. He comes under subjection of us. We don't come under subjection of him. You know, the thing about the wall is some of us, when we get off the wall, what happens is we leave our wall, we leave that area unprotected. And see, this has been a ploy of the enemy. I need you to stay up here. It's been a ploy of the enemy because, see, some of us have gotten off the wall. And it's allowed cracks in the foundations. It's allowed the areas for the wall to be unprotected to allow the enemy to slide right in. And I heard the Lord say this morning, it's time to wake up. And there's something about the waking up this morning. Listen with your spirit. Alice is talking about, about prophesying. See, in Ezekiel, he says, prophesy to the dry bones. And the breath of God came, and the bones began to come to life. You see, by getting up the wall... Our bones begin to shrivel. Ah. But the Lord is saying it's time to wake up. Watchmen, get on the wall. Watchmen, come on. I need you to begin to pray. Father, we thank you, God, for the watchmen on the wall. And I prophesy to the dry bones. Breath of God, come. Dry bones, awake, 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 Jesus. You see, you're not a slave. You're not an orphan. You are sons and daughters. And you are an army of the Lord. The army of the Lord. Come on. We don't come to church just to meet. This is where we get it right. If you in this room 
Anybody in this room says, that's me. I need to get awake. I need to, I need to be awoken. I need you to come up. If you're watching right now online, those that are watching, write in. Leave a comment. Right now, come up. Come on. Watchmen of the wall. Shekerevasata. Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. Awakening. 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 Awaken. Wake us from our slumber. Awaken us from our slumber, God. Right now, I break all area, all forms of pride. In the name of Jesus, you religious spirit, I bind you in the name of Jesus. Spirit of pride, I break you in the name of Jesus. I declare the open heavens. Right now. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, begin to move. Begin to move. And whatever ain't right, (laughs) I command you in the name of Jesus to be made whole. Jesus. 